0: hello and welcome to lord of the rings minute the daily podcast where we analyze the movie the two towers one minute at a time i'm cassandra frederickson
1: i'm norman mitchell
0: and today uh we're talking about stuff um not minute 216 this is episode 216 in which we kind of gloss over the credits and mostly talk about stuff that we want to talk about for the next week
1: yeah just like last time
0: (laughs) so all right uh we asked some people um Mm. well we asked you guys our listeners our wonderful listeners for some questions um for our and like discussion topics that we'll be talking about um mostly throughout this week, along with some of the uh, some other stuff that just came up but we'd never really touched on but I before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the song that plays over these end credits um Gollum song.
1: Yeah, it sounds real sad
0: uh it's performed by Emiliana Torini, as mentioned last week, and the lyrics are written by Fran Walsh.
1: Gollum song.
0: Gollum song, and these lyrics, like I my most listened to soundtrack on, or not soundtrack, The uh, track on the sound. This soundtrack is the Rohirrim theme. Um, what what's yours?
1: I mean, I love the Isengard theme, and that's on this soundtrack and the last one. Yeah.
0: So I haven't really listened to this song all that much. Um, honestly, I've listened to the Enya song way more. <laughs> but um listening to this and reading the lyrics because I've never looked up the lyrics before uh it's very haunting I like how haunting the performance is and it was funny because I was looking up the song and one of the search uh drop down like suggested things was um it it was like two towers soundtrack Bjork (laughs) And like we we talked about with Nile last week about how
1: people think this is Bjork,
0: yeah, um, and I'm not sure if that's just like a quality of Icelandic singers, but I dig it. So
1: I just think it's kind of funny. It's just Lord of the Rings, Bjork?
0: <laughs> Question mark? No, it's not
1: Bjork. It is not Bjork.
0: <laughs> we had uh, a one name artist last movie. Now we. With Enya.
1: Yes. <laughs> Decidedly not Icelandic.
0: <laughs> so I, I wanted to read you guys these lyrics. Uh, they're real sad. Yeah? the It's... Where once was light, now darkness falls. Where once was love, love is no more. Don't say goodbye. Don't say I didn't try. These tears we cry are falling rain For all the lies you told us. The hurt, the blame... And we will weep to be so alone, we are lost, we can never go home. So in the end, I'll be what I will be, no loyal friend was ever there for me. Now we say goodbye, we say you didn't try. These tears you cry have come too late, take back the lies, the hurt, the blame. And you will weep when you face the end alone, you are lost, you can never go home. You are lost, you can never go home.
1: So there's some confused perspective in this song.
0: Yeah. The 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 pronouns are kind of all over the place. And I wanted to talk about what you thought about that.
1: I think that it's both... I think this song is both uh, Gollum and Smeagol together talking about Frodo and also Smeagol talking to Gollum. Okay. Like, I think that it's muddled because kind of both of those things are going on. Hmm. Because the... The no, no loyal friend was ever there for me isn't, it, it's not in the the we pronoun. Right. He's talking, like, one part of Gollum or Smeagol is talking to one person in that line. At least that's the way I see it. That's the way I read it. Like, Smeagol doesn't consider Gollum a loyal friend.
0: Yeah. So is that Smeagol talking or is that I Gollum? I think it's Smeagol. Because it explicitly says Gollum's song.
1: Yeah. But I think that that's Smeagol talking, because Smeagol is the core personality, okay. not Gollum.
0: I mean, we can argue about that all day. <laughs>
1: I mean, I, well, Smeagol came first.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: That makes Smeagol the core personality.
0: But after, like, what, 500 years, do you think that the tables have turned?
1: Well, no, I, I still... The personality that is dominant doesn't make it the core personality. That's fair. Like, the the person he is at the very bottom of all of his tangled mess of addiction to the ring, or, or whatever you want to refer to it as, is, is still Smeagol. That's why when he hears his name for the first time in 500 years, he's just like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Because it's Frodo that breaks Gollum. There, there's not an implication in... Granted, Hobbit was written first with like no intent of there being necessarily a sequel in the same way. But... Well, the Gollum in the Hobbit is decidedly not the fractured Gollum from Lord of the Rings.
0: Right. I mean, the Gollum...
1: And if you compare, take it as a single like, narrative...
0: Comparing the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings doesn't really work anyway, because one is a children's story and the other one is, like, a mythology.
1: Right. One of my favorite ways to think about the way that uh, the Hobbit is told versus Lord of the Rings as, like, an in-universe, like, backwards, like, meta way of thinking about it is that the version of the Hobbit that we have in the real world is the version of the story that Bilbo tells, not what really happened. Mm. Like, it's the story Bilbo told Frodo. I like that. And like, because it's the story Bilbo told Frodo, it is broad strokes and simplistic because he probably told it to Frodo for the first time when he was very young. A child, yeah. And like, this is the same story that he told uh, Sam and Pippin and Merry when they were kids all hanging out too mm-hmm. just around Bag End because well Sam Sam's dad worked there mm-hmm. and mary and Pippin are just more of his relatives right so like i really like the idea that the version of the hobbit we have is just the story bilbo tells and not the way things really happened which is why there are details that were different when lord of the rings was written
0: that makes sense this first this first line cuz it's i don't say i didn't try and then it goes to we, addressing a you, and then it goes back to I, and then it goes back to we in this in the third one, um, in the third
1: verse. There's right. both I and we. So in the the first part, in the very first part, yeah, where once is light, now darkness falls, all of that, and then don't say I didn't try. Uh huh. I think that is Smeagol talking to Gollum, saying you know master promised us this master promises that i tried to believe him i tried to like i tried to find the light again because of him and like we i failed like and he's seeking help from gollum again because he's not strong enough to he's not strong enough to like willingly really just turn frodo over to the spider
0: that's what the don't say goodbye is like he's he's he's...
1: he wants gollum back
0: okay and then it goes to we
1: because
0: he's accepted gollum
1: Yep. And then for all the lies you told us is about Frodo.
0: Yeah. So what is, so in the end, I'll be what I will be. Is that Gollum?
1: Maybe. I I still think that that's Smeagol. I think that that is kind of Smeagol accepting responsibility for some of the terrible things he did.
0: I think that it might be, I think that this, this verse might be Gollum uh, because Mm. it says no loyal friend was ever there for me. Like, Gollum is the one in the movie constantly telling Smeagol, like, you can't trust him, you can't trust anybody, you can only trust me. Mm. Um, And even, I think Gollum, to a certain extent, resents Smeagol and, like, just wants complete control. And so he doesn't view
1: Smeagol as loyal. I mean, yeah, he probably doesn't. But he tries to convince Smeagol that he is loyal.
0: Right, but that's not, I think that... If the first one, if the first verse is the I in the first verse is Smeagol, I think this repeat I in the third verse, because it's a little more, um, it's much more bitter.
1: Mm. So in, I, I talked about this, uh, it's either two or, three, two or three weeks ago now, I think it's two, when uh, Sam finishes his speech and we get that reaction shot from Gollum. Yeah. They say that the intent of that reaction shot is uh, Smeagol realizing he'll never be a part of the world that Sam is describing Mm -hmm. because he's he's done too many terrible things and he'll never be accepted in that world, Mm -hmm. which is like crushingly sad. So in the end, I'll be what I'll be like that to me feels like a reference to that sort of acceptance from Smeagol taking the whole movie into account and not just isolating the song separate from the context of the movie, mm-hmm. if you get what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. But, like, I think that... Because Smeagol never really refers to himself in I when he's Smeagol.
1: Neither does Gollum. They always say their names.
0: Yeah, so I think that it's interesting that she chooses to use um, I instead of the the plural. Oh, Yeah um but i think that this third one is giving way to Gollum because the last line is now we say goodbye we say you didn't try Mm -hmm. instead it's like a reiteration of the first one where instead he says don't say i didn't try we say you didn't try so now the blame is shifting to frodo
1: yeah, that, so that's that's exactly think, what I think. Now yeah, we say think, goodbye.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that this third verse is Gollum taking over because Gollum is more um is less forgiving and more bitter than Smeagol. Like I think the first verse is definitely Smeagol because it's kind of lamenting this the the darkness falling and stuff. Yeah. But now I think in the third verse, like darkness has fallen and like that darkness is the eye. Yeah.
1: That and, darkness is Gollum.
0: Yeah. And then, it's all you, you, you in the last bit.
1: Yeah, it's all blaming Frodo. Just wait till, just wait till you see what's coming for you, buddy.
0: <laughs> I don't know. They're very um, provocative lyrics. Provocative, evocative. I never know the answer. The difference between those thought
1: provoking. Just see. Thought provoking is just a good word. Good, good two words. I guess
0: provocative is like neg- negative. Evocative is positive.
1: Uh, I. I, I don't. You know. I don't know. I'm not sure.
0: I don't know. It's a mystery.
1: I think I think I think evocative is the word you're looking for. I think provocative is supposed to be like,
0: like with negative connotation, like edgy. I mean, it is a little edgy.
1: I, I guess it's not like edgy. But like sexy. Sexy is sexy, provocative. Yeah. Yeah. I think evocative is like imagery. It gets you gets you thinking about stuff. I don't stuff.
0: know. Whatever. It spawned a lot of discussion.
1: <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
0: And I really like the way that she's uh Emiliana Torini sings it.
1: I like the way some of the sounds are really drawn out it's 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 beautiful. It's definitely if I had to rank the three credit songs mm. it's the it's the bottom one for me. What? I like the N one more and then I really love into the West.
0: I think that in terms of favorite end credit songs for this trilogy. Uh, it goes one, two, three for me. Hmm. Um, and like I was saying last week, I love, I love that that song, but the Into the West song. But like, I don't know. This one is. Um, I feel like this one's underrated. Probably. Well, maybe that's just me. <laughs> Another thing that I was thinking about that I think is interesting uh, in a like a mirror sort of thing. Um, all three end credit songs in Lord of the Rings uh, are sung by women, whereas all three of the end credit songs for The Hobbit are sung by men.
1: So I was trying to figure out, like, what you found so interesting. Because you're looking at stuff, you're like, oh, interesting. And I was like, what? You know, like, oh, save it. Okay. So.
0: Did you puzzle it out before I, I got I puzzled it, it, it out before you got
1: there. Okay. I think that's 100% intentional because those, the songs from the credits of The Hobbit movies, are intended to more be from the perspective of the dwarves. And I imagine, like, a dwarven choir is a much more masculine-sounding sort of music.
0: Right. Well, I mean, like, we have uh, bits of that in Memoria. In like,
1: right. I imagine, like, dwarven music just overall sounding more, quote-unquote, masculine. I
0: just think it's interesting that for the original, like, Lord of the Rings... And we haven't, like... Okay. We haven't really talked about this much... Um, it's come up,
1: like, incidentally.
0: This movie doesn't even pass the Bechdel test.
1: No, 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 they don't. Like, none they of the women speak
0: to each other.
1: They're all separated by hundreds of miles there's at all like times. There's, like,
0: three... There's, like, <laughs> three named, important female characters in these movies. And, like, even then... I don't... We will okay, we'll talk more about I believe we'll talk more about it in Return of the King because Aowen does the thing and well, yeah, wins the points. Like, but like
1: Yes, these movies don't ta- pass the Bechtel test. But like that's also like not the end all be all. No,
0: I know. That's like the lowest Right low like I know it was intended to be a joke. I know, yeah. but now it's become a thing. Like
1: But but all three of these all three of these named women also have like clear moments where they take their agency into their own hands and like are are responsible for their own fate in these stories all right because arwen like in and
0: my I mean, big my galadriel's
1: th- happens in fellowship
0: my big thing is
1: arwen i mean she does take her agency into her own hands it that, happens in return of the king yeah yeah hers happens last her hers doesn't happen last and what happens last yes, really yeah but like it it well, actually, arguably, Eowyn's happened second because she decides to disguise herself as a man and go off to war. Like, that's her taking her destiny into her own hands. Yeah. That's her, that's her taking control of her narrative. Right. And Galadriel takes control of her narrative by deciding to shun the ring and diminish into the West.
0: But as far as this movie as its like, own... It, it doesn't...
1: Infinity. Nobody happens here. No,
0: yeah. As far as this movie is concerned, like, there isn't really even three female characters in this movie because we really only get Galadriel in like an exposition voiceover for like two minutes. Just
1: just talking to Elrond, yeah.
0: So with Eowyn, in this movie, like everything that she does in this movie, I'm going to stress this, in this in this movie, everything that she does is in reaction to or because of like a dude.
1: Yeah, that's true. Same so, with
0: same with Arwen. Yeah, let me like
1: s- the one thing. Let me give you <laughs> let me give you like a like a meta reading of part of the narrative of this story.
0: Okay, this is
1: like so part of H- one's whole thing is that she fears a cage. Like she feels like she's been trapped her whole life, right? Yes, meta textually in the narrative of this movie, she is trapped, and she frees herself in the third one.
0: Okay,
1: like she is trapped by the narrative of this movie. <laughs> She's not like just trapped in the story. She's trapped narratively. She's boxed in, and she breaks free of that box in *Return of the King*.
0: And so for Arwen, I feel like with Arwen though it's like a, a, a an inverse of that. Like, because to me, Arwen reads as like the freest in fellowship. Like, she is at her 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 like, most, I don't know, liberated? Um,
1: when we first meet when her. When we
0: first meet her, and then in this movie, like, she is, she is shunned by Aragorn, like, the man that she loves, and her her father is, like, bullying her into doing what he wants. Yeah. So, like, and then Galadriel's just an exposition machine with gorgeous eyes. So, like... <laughs> As far as this movie is concerned, it it does not treat the three female characters well. Yeah. And I think that it's interesting that...
1: But even in some of those moments with Arwen in this movie, like, she doesn't... I don't think that she is necessarily, like, diminished by some of these things that happen Mm. in this movie. Because we still see, like, a fire of defiance or the the kind of reaction to this that you expect from someone who's like willing to take control of the situation like the way she reacts to aragorn is not passive no no like that's she's she's not just taking it which is good yeah but and she just kind of she kind of relents with elrond after he psychically shows her her own death uh because he's a (laughs) douchebag
0: but you, you do you know what i mean though like these, this movie in particular.
1: Yeah, it doesn't treat them well. And I think when it comes to Eowyn specifically, I think it's, it might be, maybe not even necessarily intentional, but it like, it's a metatextual decision that highlights the way she breaks free in the third movie.
0: So that when she does, it's more yeah. like fist pumpy. Exactly.
1: Like because the harder the struggle, the more triumphant the victory feels. Right. There's a line.
0: Mm-hmm. Like,
1: there's... there's definitely a way to take that too far but I don't think that this movie does I think that there is one moment that goes too far just in the way that it characterizes Eowyn and that's like because they love you You're right? but <laughs> but even then like that's not so bad as to like take anything away from how this, this shakes out for her mm-hmm. so I just think it's interesting to think about it that she is also trapped by the narrative of the movie Yeah, the story structure has built a cage around her That she also needs to be freed from.
0: Because I looking at
1: I like looking at things in that way.
0: Yeah. No, I I I I follow that. I don't think that these movies would if they were if they were made today and they were coming out right now, I don't think that they would have been as successful as they were fifteen years ago. because, Because because of the way that the 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 women characters are written, I think, in my opinion.
1: Maybe. I mean Then again, like, there's large swaths of, like, critics on the internet and, like, people in general on the internet that just still hold up most of these characters as, like, good examples of, like, feminist women in work.
0: Yeah. So, we were talking a little bit last week about whether or not we thought that these would be remade at any point. Mm. Um, do you think that because we have... This adaptation, which arguably is like very faithful to Tolkien's work, um, I have I know that there's a lot of purists on the internet yeah, who would but, disagree with me, but arguably it is uh, very faithful to the spirit of what's going on in the books. Yeah, so it doesn't change
1: the messaging.
0: In in and I, we'll get into that more later this week. Do you think that because we have this now that if if they were to readapt lord of the rings because this this trilogy exists do you think that whoever decides to do it next will have the free will feel like they're free to do a more loose adaptation of it
1: i think yeah i i think whenever you have like a really faithful adaptation first it makes it easier to make great departures when you adapt things later yeah Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean that it would be good or successful.
0: Right. Um, But, like, I also... I'm... I'm... Personally, I'm not one of those... Those... Oh, they're ruining my childhood people. You know what I mean? Like, if... Like, okay. Take Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. They're... 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 If you haven't heard, they're in talks to re... uh, To make a new Buffy the Vampire Slayer show. It's been, like, 20 years. Whatever.
1: Yeah, literally, because Buffy started airing in, what, 97?
0: Yes. So, honestly, like, I'm going to watch it. I'll see if it's good. But, like, it's... I think that it's necessary to take stories um, that are, like, worth telling and important and update them to the audience that is going to be watching it or reading it or whatever. So I think that, like... I think that they should remake Lord of the Rings eventually because, mm-hmm. I mean, even though it's been 15 years and it still holds up now, what about like 15 years from now or like 50 I mean, years from now, you know? I, the first uh, Star I'm Wars being, holds up. <laughs> maybe like. I'm being blasphemous, but I think that like this story at its core is worth um telling and I think that it it would be beneficial in the long run, like, I don't know uh, more than a few years down the line but like i don't know i i I'd, I'd go see another remake of lord of the rings
1: i mean yeah i'd definitely go see it
0: because i would be curious to see what they would do with it and what how they would update it in such a way to make it relevant for audiences and how they would like try to bring it back to like would they would they try and ignore the Peter Jackson ones entirely? Would they, like, do an homage to it? Like, I, I I, would be really fascinated to see how they would handle it.
1: I think it's a lot harder to remake anything, especially something like this wide, widely known. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot harder to do it with things that were made inside the advent of, like, the modern world, with, like, the internet and the spread of information. I think it's a lot harder to do it with stuff made, say... Like after 1999, than it would be to make it with stuff to do it with stuff made before that, just because of how much, like how much wider any sort of exposure to stuff has been since then, especially really big movies. Mm-hmm. Like the and the internet makes it possible anything that's been made recently exists in a digital form on the internet somewhere to go find. Right. Older stuff the, and the older it gets, and the more protected it was at the time when it was made the harder that to, that is like and i i think the modern world makes it harder to adapt some of this stuff again to remake stuff again it's part of why i don't think they're ever really going to re- remake harry potter either really i really don't i i think that the existence of the fantastic beast movies and knowing that it's a five movie plan oh my god is like a signal to me that they don't ever really plan to remake those harry potter movies and this think... is going to be funny this 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 might sound funny okay. but i think meme culture is part of it because of how iconic imagery from things becomes
0: but that that imagery can still be iconic in 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 itself like like with buffy like that buffy will always be iconic and buffy will always be important like regardless of what the new show does right like gandalf saying like you shall not pass will always be iconic regardless of whether or not amazon chooses to remake lord of the rings
1: yeah but, like, do you get what I mean, though? Like, I, I feel like there's more resistance to stuff in that way because of, like, meme culture. I think that there's... So, you're
0: saying meme culture is toxic.
1: I mean, it, it, it certainly is in a way. <laughs> I don't think there's any argument.
0: Okay, but, like, also, counter-argument. Why would, you, why would you want, like, why would you want to stem the flow of new memes?
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Free the meme economy. I, I, I
1: think... <laughs> I think that there are like certain kinds of images and that become iconic in people's minds that you wouldn't necessarily want to change about a work, even if you are doing an adaptation, which is why Amazon bought all the props. take,
0: Take what Disney is doing with their animated properties right now. Like the Lion King trailer recently dropped. Yeah. The Lion King is not even 20 years old. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Is it? Yes. 94? Do that 2014? Okay, 24 whatever. years old. Whatever. Okay. So when when the movie comes out, it will be 25 years old. Okay. Yeah. It will be old enough to rent a car in the United States. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, okay, whatever. My point still stands. So The Lion King came out in our lifetime. Like, we, yeah. like I saw that thing like in theaters. I did not. And I remember seeing it in theaters. That movie is still... Iconic, Like, there are so many images from that. Like, Simba, you know, like, we raise our cat into the air <laughs> all the time because if, of that cat, movie.
1: What cat owner doesn't? <laughs> if you you've know, never raised you know, your cat in the air.
0: Remember who you are. Like, I say that, like, every other week.
1: Just Rafiki. Just Rafiki.
0: Just, ref- like, the existence of Rafiki. Like, everything about that movie is so entrenched, especially in our generation and in our culture. But...
1: Well, that's just Disney just trying to cash in. So
0: is like, I don't know. Like, do you think that? Well, clearly Disney doesn't give a shit about meme culture, but like I'm I. I don't know. Like, what do you think about that? Like,
1: honestly, I think it's kind of silly. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, we're going to see it.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to. You know, I- they got you. <laughs> They got, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go see it, like, because...
0: They just reached into our pockets and stole $12, like...
1: (laughs) Yeah, between the two of us. (laughs) The movie theater here is really cheap, guys. It's like like seven bucks to see a 3D movie.
0: But, like, like you're like, oh, it's silly. But, and yet, Disney is slapping us around with our wallets. Like,
1: I I do think it's kind of silly, because... That's that's a movie I remember when it came out. Yeah. Like, that's a movie I remember. And it's like, I'm not, I don't have this knee-jerk, oh, they're ruining my childhood. I have this reaction that's just like, why not tell a new story? Mm. Like, you, you're Disney. You have all this money to yeah. do this. Like, why not develop more new stories? Because when you do make new stories, especially if they're as good as Moana, I'm really interested. <laughs> Like, so keep doing that instead of just retelling a story I know is good that you already gave me.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean.
1: Especially since it's the same studio. So do you. This isn't like New Line makes the lion. Right, right, right. This is 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 Disney Disney. making like
0: a shot for shot 3D animated movie. And yet we are still going to see it. (laughs) So like.
1: And honestly, if, if anyone else ever does adapt Lord of the Rings, I'd be much more interested in an animated adaptation than another live-action mm. one.
0: I was saying for Harry Potter, I think Harry Potter would be much better on a small-screen adaptation, like a miniseries per book.
1: Like a six-episode miniseries per book or whatever? Yeah, yeah. That'd be cool.
0: Because then, I don't know.
1: Like, I, I don't think they're ever going to be remade as big-budget, like, full-release movies. Hmm or if i mean i'm probably going to eat my words at some point but right. like given that the plan is to make five fantastic beast five, movies five
0: years from now somebody sends us an email eager I, words
1: but like given the fact that like they're making these fantastic beast movies oh god don't remind me i i think that in general the plan is to just keep making new stories in that universe
0: so do you think that with amazon buying all the props and stuff from Lord of the Rings, and using it in their new, quote-unquote, their new material. We don't really know anything about it yet. Do you think that they're, like, cashing in on the same nostalgia train that Disney is right now? Yeah, kind of. Or, like... I mean, in in the same way, it's kind of similar to the Fantastic Beasts, too, because it's just like, we're going back to Hogwarts. and It's not as good, but we're here. (laughs) And and I'm worried. Do you hear
1: that theme? Do you hear that theme? Does it still make you cry?
0: (laughs) It's just just John Williams punching you in the stomach.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And in this case, it'll be Howard Shore.
0: I mean, like, it it happened for, for Star Wars.
1: Kind of, it's yeah. This
0: John Williams punching me in the face. Hey,
1: man, I, <laughs> I cried when, hey, man, when I saw Force Awakens in theaters, like, I cried when the Star Wars music played on the big screen.
0: Oh my god, when, when, at the end of Last Jedi, when the, the double sunset and Luke's theme, I was just like,
1: oh, this is the worst. Why are you doing this to me? It's Christmas. Thanks for kicking me right in the dick, movie. Thanks.
0: <laughs> Thanks. But, like,. I guess my question is, like, do you think that movies that are just fueled by pandering nostalgia and, like, stuff like that are worth
1: seeing? Right. They can be, I guess. I mean, like... In the, it, I mean, in the context... Can be done well. In
0: the context of, like, the Amazon thing. All right. If they're, like, pandering, like, oh, look, we got Sting.
1: But like, at least they're telling a new story. Or at least a story that hopefully... hasn't been told on the screen before. Yeah. But, like... When it comes to like remaking stuff, mm-hmm. like you gotta give me a reason. Like I, I need to feel like the remake was worth it. I had incredibly low expectations for the new Ghostbusters movie because mm. it's just like why are you making Go- Ghostbusters? I don't even like the not, the though. the greater controversy. I was just like, you you all shut up. I don't care. <laughs> like it, 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 you shut up.
0: Let the ladies be funny.
1: <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> I'm I'm not a big fan of Melissa McCarthy. She was fine in that movie. Kate McKinnon was great. Like oh my
0: God, I love her.
1: The the movie let like, Chris has Chris Hemsworth be in more comedies. Yes. Uh, I liked it. I didn't think it was like incredible, but I liked it, and it felt worth like using the name again to tell that story to me. Mm. Like and it, it it's not a remake. It's no, it's not. It might even be in the same universe, given the way they use cameos. Like, <laughs> it's just weird. It doesn't make any sense contextually.
0: Force Awakens is more of a remake of Star Wars than the new Ghostbusters movie is a remake of Ghostbusters. Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Absolutely true. J.J. Like, <laughs> Abrams was just like, I'm going to make Star Wars. And Disney was just like, oh, like, like you're going to make your own Star Wars. He's like, no, I'm going to make Star Wars. <laughs> but it's going to be bigger.
0: Star Wars episode 4.75. <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, it's, it's bigger. Like, look look at this A new hope
0: awakens.
1: (laughs) It's not a Death Star. It's a star killer. Like, a new force. Yeah, a new (laughs) force. (laughs) But I I think that I I am much more interested in new stories than I am in remakes.
0: Mm. And when a studio
1: also just kind of, like, cashes in on a name and be like, oh, we're remaking a movie. But you're not at all. You're telling a new story, but just using the name. I think that's, like, a cheap way to drum up free controversy.
0: I think what it comes down to is I would, I would be in favor. I want to see a retelling of One of the Rings, mm. not like right the second because I need to like lie down after doing <laughs> so many episodes <laughs> doing like, four
1: hundred some odd episodes of this.
0: Podcast. Well, that no, was like two hundred and twenty in a row, but like I, I think that because. I think it's a reflection of how good that this story is at its core that I want to see multiple retellings
1: of it, I guess. Like, I'm I'm also, I've always been a fan of, like, inspired works that have clear allusions to the things that inspired them.
0: Oh, but he hates illusion.
1: He hates allegory.
0: Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I guess illusion would work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I'm a fan when I when I watch things and I see clear allusions to, like, a work that inspired it. That that makes me feel good as like a consumer of that media.
0: Mm.
1: Because it's just like cause there's there's a la- like that's a language that me and the person that created this like kind of both understand. Oh
0: uh, like an inside joke? Yeah, kind of.
1: But like in a in a good way, not in like not in a just like ho ho ho, like gatekeeper way, but just like in right. a way that enhances my enjoyment of this thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I don't know, like whenever you watch fantasy stuff and you're just like, oh, hey, I never really caught before. But like, that's clearly an allusion to King Arthur, Mm -hmm. like stuff like that. Just like, oh, hey, because when that sort of sort of stuff is like thrown into a work, there's always more to see over time. The the deeper you look at it.
0: Right. So what you're saying is you want more movies by minutes movies.
1: Maybe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. I'm. I I was thinking about it after we talked to Niall about it, and I'm just like, yeah, no, I'm pro not remaking, retelling. There's a difference.
1: There is a difference. Like, if you if you are remaking something, like, you need to justify why you're doing it. Yeah. Like, it, it needs to feel like there's a good reason.
0: I never feel like these movies are going to be remade, period. But I would like to see a retelling of this story, I guess is what I'm getting to.
1: <laughs> and And to me, like... To me, inspired stories that take clear, like, that are very clear where their inspiration comes from Mm -hmm. are inherently retellings.
0: Mm. Whether or not they're, like, super faithful or very loose.
1: Right. Like, I I think inherently, like, inspired works that, like, you can really clearly see the inspiration are retellings. Because, especially because most of the time, those sorts of works are trying to carry the same message that inspired them in the first place. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, they often cleave very close to the same sorts of themes. There are set pieces that they tend to share narratively.
0: Well, then, would you argue, then, that because Lord of the Rings is so influential in fantasy as a genre, like, are most fantasy stories, like, loosely inspired by Lord of the Rings? I would, I would say yes.
1: A lot of fantasy stories fantasy certainly are. and
0: Especially in the 80s and
1: 90s. Yeah, there was a lot of people just trying to grab on to, like, this burgeoning repopularity of Lord of the Rings in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. A lot of which is terrible. A, there's a lot of just, like, bad single-volume paperback <laughs> fantasy novels that are just awful from, mm-hmm. like, the 70s and 80s. But, like, without Lord of the Rings, we probably wouldn't have had things like The the Wheel of Time or, or um, Wizard's First Rule and all that sort of stuff.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But those... I I think that there's there's a line at which the inspiration stops being a retelling. Like if you are if you're trying to get at a different message, you're not retelling the same story.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. In my head, it makes sense. It might not be coming out super clear.
0: I think it makes sense
1: because there's a, n- not always like really clear allusions to like stuff like to, to previous inspirational works. Like, and I mean, I know Game of Thrones gets brought up all the time talking about Lord of the Rings, but like why? because it's become like a modern work of fantasy that people hold up as like this is like the next like really big influential piece of fantasy literature yeah um like this is this is a, a post lord of the rings fantasy i mean it's not really it, it is i guess because it's inspiring things to go off in like a different sort of direction mm-hmm. but it itself is fed from like this grim dark Surge of fantasy like in the 80s and early 90s. Yeah. Like it's feeding off a different sort of reaction to
0: Lord of the Rings. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Like and it's kind of grown into being its own sort of beast but there's also it shares a lot in common with the story structure of Lord of the Rings. Mm. Like even the the split narrative. George R.R. Martin just takes it a step further and goes directly into like first person. Right. Instead of just
0: Well he doesn't write in first person. It's third person limited.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I none always think of, it's a first the first person, but it's no. not.
0: First person is I. I yeah, did first this. person is I. I it's ate the lemon cake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ate the lemon cake.
0: Instead of Sansa ate the lemon cake.
1: Yeah, it's third person limited, but like, it's, it's even more personal than like the way Tolkien wrote a lot of his stuff.
0: Right, because Tolkien is coming at it from an, like an omniscient narrator kind of, let me tell you this story after it's already happened because it's a mythology thing.
1: Yeah. Whereas... Whereas Martin is writing it as a, I'm and telling we, you the story yeah, as it's happening. We
0: discover what's happening with the characters.
1: Yeah, and there's, and we we learn every detail of their every meal. Delicious, delicious. There's there's Give hundreds, me some of that roast boar. Hundreds <laughs> of pages of meal descriptions across those books.
0: Hey man, he likes to eat. I like to eat. I like to read about food. Whatever. Yeah, dude. You know what I don't <laughs> like to read about? A lot of the other terrible things that happen in that book.
1: Yeah. <laughs> But none of them last as long as a description of a meal.
0: That's fine. I don't need it to. Good God.
1: Yeah. Are Ooh. you kidding me? Oh, boy. Those books are good, though. It's just there are parts of them that are hard to get through. Mm-hmm. But.
0: Well, we were going to answer more questions, but we're like pushing 45 minutes already. So. Yeah.
1: So I think we're going to move along from there.
0: <laughs> that went a little longer than I anticipated.
1: Hey, man, It happens.
0: I guess what it, what it comes down to is all-lady retelling of Lord of the Rings. That's what I want. That's what I've spent the last 45 minutes kind of <laughs> convincing just, myself. Just kind
1: of skating around <laughs> about, and then it's just like, okay, you like, we are. It's like, oh,
0: man, the treatment of women kind of sucks. Wouldn't it be good if the women were the heroes instead?
1: And then let's just Arwen, Eowyn, and Galadriel are dudes instead. Yeah. Who cares? And that just makes Eowyn's climactic moment, like, different, I guess. I'll watch
0: it. Whatever. But, like... It's in like it would be really cool to see how their the character arcs shift and change in that context. You're still telling you still have some like something new to say about the story yeah. when you're still communicating. I story. just
1: have a lot. I just have a lot more interest in like corner stories that are just kind of hinted at mm. in Lord of the Rings. Like I, I'm totally. I I would be interested in in movies or stories, other books that explore. More of Gondor in detail,
0: mm.
1: like and especially Faramir and Boromir. Well,
0: hopefully, we get some of that in the the Amazon show.
1: Yeah, and like I'm interested in because uh, didn't
0: Aragorn fight in the Gondorian army for a little while? Yeah,
1: and and he fought in the Rohirrim army.
0: Yeah, dude, let's get
1: that. Yeah, give me those stories. I want. The, I would like to to see those stories. He went by different names in different parts of the world. It's even. I think he even traveled to the Far East. That's cool. And like that's a part of Tolkien's world that there's He's only very ever...
0: cut and dry and very like, hey, these guys suck and they're evil.
1: But there's also like so little actual detail. Mm. There's there's so little of any substance that comes out of that
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I'm interested to see like that that's a place where anyone writing a news story can go that's totally unexplored, that they can just write something new in this world. Right. And, like, that's the kind of thing that I'm interested in. Take a place that isn't fleshed out very well and just go for it.
0: That's legit. We're from the website duelinggenre.com. Check us out there. And if you're interested in supporting us on Patreon, especially in the the, the hiatus, the hiatus time, um, we will be posting a theatrical review of Return of the King very, very soon, um, exclusively on the Patreon feed for a while. Um, so if you want to listen to that uh, that will be coming Um, we'll be talking about the animated movies that got brought up last week and repeatedly uh, throughout recording Um, I have only ever seen The Hobbit uh, so that'll be fun Um, and we have backlogs of like some of the Silmarillion stuff some of our like earlier reviews where we were trying to watch movies but then like we got eaten by this movie um
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: So, uh, and you can get those for as little as $3 a month. Uh, So if you haven't already, please consider it. And we thank you very much and appreciate your support. Special thanks, as always, to our Patreon associate producer, Ed Foster. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow talking questions and memes and writing credits. All this good stuff. So, yeah. Uh, Everyone have a good Monday and we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Bye.